Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Soccer Speakeasy. Today is Thursday, the 28th of April, 2022. Everyone was here on time, so we're, we're ready to go. Um, it's just after 11 in the morning as we record. Per usual, the pod father, Patrick Flaherty, is at the, at the dials there. He looks to be awake. Uh, Jacob Myers, our fine our fine beat writer for the crew, is, is here, as is the striker, Kyle Robertson, one of the best photographers in this room. There's no question about that. I'm Mike A-Race. Um, let's get right to it. It's been a week since we recorded in that span. Well, the crew is, is picked up right where we left off last week. Uh, they're 0 3 and 1 in their last four league games. And uh, there's another loss on top of that in a U.S. Open Cup game at Detroit. Um, that was 2 to 1. Uh, the one goal they scored in Detroit was a penalty kick by Giassi Zardes, who, of course, we'll get to in a minute. And uh, um, over those last uh, five games, actually, it goes back to six games, uh, the crew has scored one goal in the run of play, um, and they've been shut out. Uh, uh, four times, um, and and so uh, let's let's start with um, Mr. Zardes, uh, and just uh, just as a point of fact, the last goal they scored in the run of play was a extra time goal by Darlington Nagby, March twentieth at uh, New York Red Bull Arena in Harrison, New Jersey, um, and uh, Kyle, how long ago was that? Thirty-seven days ago. Thirty-nine. Thirty-nine. Thirty-nine days. That's Woo. that's uh, quite an extended goal drought. Um, it's forty days, forty nights yeah. in the desert, something or close to that. Feels like well, four, yeah. it feels like forty years. It feels biblical at this point. And uh, uh, Exodus might not be too far off. Yeah. Woo. To that end, um, uh, the crew responded by trading um, the the greatest goal scorer in their history, uh, not the most goals scored in team history, but clearly uh, and by a, by by a large. That's lar- a good debate. Well, Would you I, take that is on? that is a good debate, but uh, uh, the top three goal scorers among them, he has a higher rate of of, of goals than than uh, than than either Brian McBride or uh, who was two. I said Stern John. Well, you got Jeff Cunningham. Too. Jeff Cunningham's yeah. too, and so and they're all uh, like between sixty four and 50, mm-hmm. 54 goals. Uh, yeah, I think, Stern John was only here for like two years. Well, Jossie, yeah. I think it was uh, 54 goals. 54, and that's just regular season. And I think in yeah. 161 games, um, it's a rate of almost half a goal a game. Um, and and it's, it's, it is uh, for among the top goal scorers, it is by far the, the highest rate. So yeah. anyway, this is the guy they traded when they're having scoring problems. And Jacob, there were reasons for that. Yeah, yeah I think if you looked at, let, let's just start at the beginning of the year, how I kind of traced it is going in, we knew there'd be a battle for a striker position, right? Miguel Berry kind of proved that at the end of last year. 
And then the reporting came out that the crew had kind of been tinkering as far back as the offseason of just what is the market for Jossie Zardes, mostly driven by, I think, a couple things. One, his contract was expiring. Two, albeit he can still produce, I I think there are other strikers you can get who are better. And, And two, he's at the end of what's probably the prime of his career. Uh, and, and then also just he wanted to be in the best position to make a World Cup roster. He even said so as much. And, you know, Mike, you've talked to Jossie over the last four years and I'll be, he's always good with the media, but brief for sure. And when I asked him after the Colorado game, um, I jumped on their Zoom call and he went on over two minute answer, which I think he was yeah. kind of eager to explain why he wanted to. To, to go to Colorado or at least jump at that chance. Um, so, and he explicitly mentioned he has to be informed. You got to be scoring yep. goals to get called onto the World Cup roster. So, I think it's a couple things. The crew wanted to maximize what they could get out of him right now. Uh, Jossie wanted a place where he would play for sure right. and try to make a World Cup roster. And the crew saw this window as an opportunity to get another designated player, player striker. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, the trade... Details uh, Jossie's artist to the Colorado Rapids for uh, $300,000 to $1.4 million, depending on incentives. And that's in general allocation money. Um, they also take well, somewhere in the neighborhood of $1.5 million uh, off, off the cap with that. Um, before we get into... Well, just off the cap, yeah. it's like, like 600000 or something, but his full salary, right. yeah. But it, it, in any case, um, geez, I, there I go using in any case again. I, I fall into that trap. Patrick, can we edit that out? No, we'll leave it all in, won't we? Let's just, everyone's going to be embarrassed today by the time we're done. Uh, I'll continue. Um, <laughs> uh, so, um, uh, Giassi's yeah. artist, we should take a minute here yeah. to acknowledge, and, and we just talked about uh, how he pumped goals. And um, sometimes fans, because he's sort of a fox in the box, Kyle, um, and he's not the guy who's yeah. creating his own stuff in the, in the final yep. third. Um, uh, you know, he was more dangerous off the ball than on. Yep. Um, some fans are like, geez, do something, yeah. you know, and, and uh, that criticism is yep. always there with that type of player. But but he did produce. And on top of that, uh, uh, he was one of the classiest yep. guys uh, among, um, you know, yep. legions of classy people who've who've gone through the doors of that of this locker room here in Columbus. Yeah, I, I think crew fans. I think, yes, he, he's one of the best goal scorers, you know, by the numbers. But I always think crew fans will probably want a couple more goals. I think every once in a while he'd kind of miss an easy one here and there. That Well, easy, quote-unquote easy. Um, but I, I just think he's total class. Um, you know, he's what you want in a, you know, in a, in a, in a pro player who, who is donating his time and all that. You know, to me, he's, he's in the same level as like a Nick Foligno. You know, I know Nick was here a little bit longer, but he just did stuff. You know, he probably volunteered way more than what we know. Um, you know, I just think of all the stuff with the Nationwide Children's Hospital. And I just, I, you know, I, I think the crew totally misplayed this. You know, I, I think that if they wanted to get rid of Zardes, they should have done it before the season. 
because now they're basically saying, hey, we don't like both of you guys, Barry and Zardes. Obviously, Zardes is gone. But now, hey, we got to bring in a striker because, you know, Barry's not cutting it. So I think they kind of misplayed it. And I think they would have probably gotten more money, Garber Bucks, if they had done this in the offseason. Well, um, that's the thing we don't know, right, yeah. is what was the market then right. versus now? And two, which is something right. they talked about or Caleb Porter talked about is what was the market going to be yeah. a month from now? And Jossie might have been even more upset because he wasn't yeah. getting playing time. So um, the the phrase they right. used was strike when the iron's hot. But certainly there's a like a kind of risk benefit analysis. But here. in the offseason, he was still being called up. He played for the U.S. national team, you know, totally. in January. Yeah. So I think they kind of missed an opportunity. It's possible that this was something close to the best deal they could have made, and they did have, to, they couldn't wait much longer to do it if they were going to do it. Um, Jacob, they they uh, denied that uh, when rumors popped up just prior to the season that uh, um, he would he would be open to a move or it was something like that, or that he was. Uh, being shopped. Uh, yeah, it was that that phrase. Five weeks before they traded him, they had said that he wasn't being shopped. Well, they denied it. Yeah, that, that's one thing they denied it. Um, uh, and and now um, we'll see w- what happens next. I I again, I want to shout out Giassi. I mean, on the yeah. very day Jacob uh, he was traded, or when the, as the trade was coming together, um, he and his family were at Children's Hospital uh, uh, donating gifts. In fact, his daughter, one of his daughters, donated her birthday gifts uh, to the sick children in the hospital. And he does that stuff behind the scenes all the time. Uh, I think the Felino yep. uh, comparison is, is is appropriate, and um, because he's he's such a good guy, um, and unlike Nick, who has a bit of the Italian gift to gab, uh, Jesse was a, a quiet guy. I regret that. Um, as locker rooms closed up during the pandemic that, uh, you yeah. know, I regret it for a million reasons. One of them is um, in the cruise circumstance uh, that uh, I didn't have I didn't have enough chances to, to talk to to guys like like Zardes. Um, and and again, it's, we still I think, Jacob, uh, what I want to ask you is uh, if, if you had to describe this from Giassi's point of view and you use this phrase yourself that he did not seek the trade. Um, but he did embrace it uh, when all was said and done. He was involved in it. Uh, I think it's a very bittersweet pill for him, and let's hope it works out well. Yeah, I think I would characterize this as that he didn't approach the front office and Caleb Porter and be like, you you got to trade me. Right. But also, you got to be blunt and say, right. hey, I want to make a World Cup roster, and that means playing. Right. And, and I think the inference there is, Trade me to a team where I where I can, and that's not Jossie asking to be out of Columbus or anything. It's he wanted to go play in the World Cup and talking to some people around here. And I think we can, I can speak for all three of us. I want to see him in the World yeah. Cup roster. I mean, he he's he's such a as we have said, just a genuine decent human being. And anybody who's covered him, right. even at LA Galaxy and stuff, um, go read this one story. I had read it back in 2017 that Kevin Baxter at the LA Times wrote. Um, it just describes him as a person. He's a, he's a good he's a good lad. Yeah, but I, but I will say though is he's he also is, 30 years old. Yeah, but this I mean his last crack at that right. World Cup. Uh, but I mean he needs. I think he needs to be part of the the World Cup. Uh, you know the roster because they have young strikers. You know you know Jarcy, Jar- Zardes is you know older and can I think he can help the younger guys kind of 
you know, help, you know, I don't know if it's with video or with, with whatever, but it's a pretty, well, that's, that's it's, a, it's a young squad up top. That's probably a, a conversation for right. another day. Uh, I would only add to that, that uh, in my conversations with Greg Berhalter, the, the coach of the USMNT, uh, he, he's pretty clear mm-hmm. about, you know, there's some uh, positions he wants to improve on um, that he has to improve on. Striker is, 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 yep. is lead among them. And, um, the way he has spoken, um, the indication is that he's going purely on form. And so uh, we'll see what kind of form uh, Giassi Zardes can, can recoup uh, in Colorado, um, which said to him all the right things about how they're going to use him. And he was excited about that. Yeah. And I mean, to go further into the crew's decision on this, something that came out of um, post game against Kansas City, the 0 0 draw was that Jossie wasn't in their plans long-term. And, and I guess it, it makes sense to a degree, and, and Caleb Porter expanded on that to say he started to see some opportunities he would normally see Jossie finish and he wasn't making. I got to think that's probably a little bit to do with he's coming off the bench. It's right. you know, that I think when he's starting a lot, he finishes chances like that. At the same time, like... He is at the end of his prime, but right. is he going on a downfall yet? I don't know. Like Darlington Nagby is is older than him, um, but he still seems to be in good form. But to kind of sum it up, a thirty year old striker when you could probably go out and get one who might be better, and you have one in Barry who's fairly similar, um, but at a better budget charge. I don't think signing Jossie to a four year deal was realistic, and, and that's what they're trying to do is sign another guy long term, right? Kyle, part of this obviously was that Caleb Porter wanted another striker other than Joss, Jossie's artist. With neck tattoos, right? I, 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 that's your words, not mine, but... It's it's something, it's, and, and he, he had said, like, yeah. Miguel Berry yeah. needs some neck tattoos because essentially it needs to play like nastier or harder yeah. and oh i remember yeah. that yeah. yeah that's what he's referencing that's, that was after again we're we're back to this i think uh, that's the philly game yeah we're back to this offensive anemia in this conversation and and uh you know you're just referencing uh, when it was just a couple weeks ago um two or three weeks ago when caleb Porter frustrated with uh, the lack of scoring uh, tried to spur his men on by by calling them soft um and of course, they responded with with no goals and <laughs> closing the run of play right. in the next two or three <laughs> games. So again, we talked about this I think last week about uh, what do you do with the uh, with a group where where the coach is is calling him out and uh, uh, there's a lack of response, which is interesting. Um, one, you wonder right. what the coach is doing, not pushing that button and not getting a response. You wonder what what's going on with the. Uh, with the players, it's only natural. Uh, so he's been on. He says we need to be better yep. at nine, and he moved out. Uh, again, we're back to the irony here. They can't score, Jacob. What do they do next? What they're saying they need to do is rely on their defense, which to a degree they kind of said in the offseason, like they're going to be a team that is kind of like 2020. is. They're not going to be a top offensive scoring team, but scoring goals right now they aren't. But they are going to rely on their defense until they get this new player in there. Um <laughs> That's to say, I don't think they have a lot of faith in Miguel Barry right now. Um, uh, I mean, we saw last year what he could do. I think it's a lot to do with wingers and, and needing those guys to score more. But then the next question is, like, who, who's to blame here, right? Is it is it the coach? Is it is it just on-field performance? 
Well, Kyle, they're right. gonna, they're, <laughs> it's it's everyone. If you can't score goals, yeah, it's the coach, it's the wingers, it's the forwards. I mean, there's no. Well, I would say, and this is <laughs> this is not picking on Miguel Barry, but it's it's one thing to come off the bench and right. he scored eight goals in how many minutes? Uh, it's like seven hundred or eight hundred. Yeah, it's less than right. a thousand yeah. minutes. I mean, yeah. um, just extraordinarily productive coming off the bench. It's another thing to be the man, right? And it's it's yet another thing altogether to be the man where. Jossie's artist isn't right. backing you up anymore. The, the spotlight is clearly hot upon you. Well, but it, I mean, I, but I, yeah, yeah. I mean, but but I think crew fans should be happy that you know they decided a fringe World Cup, you know, USA player is not good enough for the crew, and I, and I think that's you know if if you look at the, do you accept that though? I mean, do you just out of hand? I think you have to at this point, right? I mean, until you see who they bring in, you know, if they do bring in someone who is quote unquote better, then I think that will, I think that will solve a lot of issues. But I mean, I, but, I, but, I, but I like the fact that they said, Hey, we have a, we have a guy who's a proven goal scorer. He's a U.S. fringe U.S. you know, national team member, and he's not good enough for us. We need to get better. And I think that's the only kind of positive you look at it. You know, I think, uh, you know, I think Zossi as a, or sorry, Zardes as a person and as a player, you know, you just hate to see him go, but if in the long run you get somebody else who's better and can score goals, I think they'll be happy with it. I think it's quite one thing to say, right. like, a fringe national team player on a World Cup roster right. is the reason we're not scoring goals. And another thing to say is there are other players who we're pretty confident well, we can go out and get. Well, I'm saying, like, that they want, like, I'm just saying as in, like, we the, being the, the talent. Crew. Yeah, the, the crew wants somebody better than a fringe U.S. national team member. Like, I think up front, Right. Like yeah, but then they also think that's going to solve all the problems the way that they they've been talking, which I'm not so so sure that's no, the case. But, but if you lose Zardes and you replace him with someone that they think is better, like the person has to be optics, better, which right, you got right, at right, your column. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is it, is what I'm saying. Is like I think as a crew fan, you have to be happy at that at at that singular point oh, is that going to use they, the ambition word yes, that everyone throws around that that um that they want somebody better than a fringe u.s national team member and i think that's i think that's progress in the okay. way the crew history has been and the way that they're going okay jacob um right the coaching staff was retooled so caleb has all his guys in there now um he now has uh, presumably what he wants and uh uh, space enough, flex, uh, salary cap flexibility, and allocation money um, to to add a forward that he wants. Um, we we can't say flatly that he didn't want Zardes, but we can say Zardes was traded, um, and so uh, this is another. Um, you could say this is another indication that uh, all right, Caleb's going to put his, his, has his people in place or the, the, they're coming into place. This is wholly his thing now. Um, um, and he's, uh, you know, like if, if you recall before the season, he said, well, you know, what, what can I do about scoring if I only have a certain budget? Um, and of course oh, yeah. this looks like, <laughs> I mean, this looks like a direct response to that. Like, oh, he, 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 all right, where I'm going with this is, Management has been explicit. Tim Bezbachenko, Tim Bezbachenko specifically, the president and general manager, that uh, they're going to use this cap space and allocation money. And I don't know, maybe Jimmy will dig a couple nickels out of his couch too and throw them down I-71. 
um, uh, to get a play to upgrade yeah. their forward position, be it with a pure striker or someone who can play up top or or on a wing, uh, but an offensively gifted player. And to that end, there are already, already some rumblings. Yeah, there's one player that have been reported out of uh, Argentina. I can't confirm this myself, but this was a couple reports. A uh, player for Estudiantes named Gustavo Del Prete or Prete. Uh, he's 25 years old, a forward, has scored three goals with three assists uh, in nine appearances so far this year. So that's about the age uh, that I assume the crew would go after a certain player. The Argentinian league is a league that tends to offshore a lot of players to, to MLS. To me, it's just what we'll see what type of player, whoever they get, if it's this guy or another guy, uh, another guy they get in there. Well, they have to target more than one player if they're if they're shooting. Yeah. For an and what they had said. Yeah. Because it takes there's a lot that goes into right. it. I mean, there's there's the negotiations with with the agent. There's negotiations with the team over a transfer fee. There's a pile of paperwork, uh, immigration paperwork and visa stuff to do. This, th- these things don't happen overnight, and crew fans know this because, you know, when they've gotten guys in here in the past, it, you know, where is he? Uh, it's going to be another three weeks. Uh, and that was, you know, just parenthetically, uh, uh, that was one of the reasons why they said they they're, or at least suggested that the move was done now. Um, the current transfer window closes May 4th, uh, which is coming right up. Um, and uh, uh, there, there's not going to probably be enough time to, to jam someone in here, given all these factors. Right. And even if they can, you have games up until the 28th, May 28th. Maybe the player's not even here by then. Right. Uh, and, and then you have a month off till you play. Plus right. they had to clear a DP slot, which the Giassi trade uh, does that. You have to have that clear as you head into any transfer window looking to make looking to acquire a DP. And that's clearly, as stated, what they're trying to do. Um, So um, what I'm getting at here is is uh, you're looking at the summer transfer window, which is which opens July 7th. Um, And uh, so you're looking at somewhere in July and um, you can assume that they already have players they targeted and even gotten into down into the process of um, anticipating something happening and even doing some of the paperwork uh, uh, beforehand. Yeah, they even and in talking this week or in just uh, the things that I've you know checked in on the crew had been assembling a, a list of targets they've been looking at. Scouts have been to see these players. Their hope was to get one in by this window, but I think the focus, as you said, was always on the summer window. Just given how um, you know short of a time they had going into the end of this window. Now, then, the thing is, you only have half the season, a little less than half the season after that. Uh, so Miguel Berry here is going to be relied upon, but I, I'm curious to see how much action we're going to start to see going into this last week here of this window. Kyle, is Hurtado going to explode oh, onto gosh. the scene now? <laughs> For crew two. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, who, who's backing up Barry now? Yeah, you'd say him. Yeah. So it's... it's Barry's it's, going to get a lot of 90 minutes. Yeah. What, what I thought was... Do they, do they have to change the way they play for a while here to kind of keep their finger in the dike? I, I they're not scoring at all. Well, no and on that note, they did this past week yeah, because Lucas didn't play yeah. um, a four three 
four three three. If Lucas is available this week, which he didn't practice uh, on to or train yeah. on Tuesday, we'll we'll see if he does Friday when we uh, get to watch them stretch their hamstrings for fifteen minutes. Um, but we'll see if he's able to play. Even if not, Caleb Porter said he liked Aiden Morris, Nagby, Artur yeah. as midfield three. James Igbukeme, normally a central midfielder, was playing on the left wing. They can do a lot of different yeah. things. I feel like they'll stick with that three. But if you do, and Lucas is available, like how does that exactly yeah. work? Do you just roll the dice and 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 put Lucas on the left and play him more Ooh. in the middle? Mm-hmm. Given that Etienne yeah. and and Yeboa haven't done a, a whole lot on, on either wing, I think at so this point it's you interesting. Just, you try right. <laughs> if, if your if your goal is to well one score goals yeah. um but probably to do it on the counter more yeah. so and, and be more of a defensive team maybe you go with that midfield right. three be just rock solid there they're all pretty similar yeah. players in morris nagby and artur uh, to a degree um it's good to see morris out yes, there running around and mixing it up his energy and motor yeah, yeah. it's it's really fun to watch uh i think he deserves to be out there absolutely so yeah why why not go with that and and you can get maybe lucas higher on the ball if you're playing more in transition is he is morris 100 percent back i mean i know they were kind of taking it a little easy but is he yeah like, he, he's good to go yeah i mean he started yeah. tuesday I mean, and then I, saturday so playing, i playing, think so playing angry yeah i like it um how is lucas Zellerion health yeah. wise so it's an IT band issue on, I can't remember what knee now, right or left. Uh, it's one of the two, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> maybe the third. <laughs> uh, from the Red Bulls game. <laughs> and they did some like plasma uh, or platelet kind of injection to try to tamp down the inflammation on it. So I don't know. We'll see if he's ready to go or not, but it's early in the year. It's probably good to just uh, rest. Not yeah. Yeah, not rest. But at the same point, they need points. Or rest him. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> yeah, you can't fall too far behind before you get your DP savior striker. In they're, here. Now, they're now in 12th place in the league, just ahead of uh, New England and Cincinnati. I mean, there's, uh, just uh, <laughs> Cincinnati's breathing down their neck. Um, woo! Uh, um, the other thing I was going to say about... Get just, your wooden spoons out. <laughs> circling back to the DP, I mean, um, I think one of the elements that we should mention at least is that um all indications are they're going big on this i mean and it is a well, dp that's, that's why that three. rumor of that player who i just mentioned from a studiantes like it yes i we as we talked before this believe it to be true not we haven't confirmed it ourselves but it just seemed like there was evidence that they made an offer but it doesn't seem like the big they offer yeah. that they have teased well you know and i say going big and and i i guess what what I mean by that is at Lucas Zellerion big probably not, um, uh, but uh, they're they're going to spend some DP money here um, more more than Yaya Boa and Luis Diaz, but less than Lucas Zellerion. Yeah, I think say. I think I think that's probably right, um, and who knows? Maybe they'll surprise us, and I'd be the first to pat them on the back if they go very big. You know, uh, hasn't went hasn't went pretty big this off season for I the Browns. Know, I know. Let's see. Jeez. Same. We're not, we're not totally going. different, buddy. I know. I'm just saying. That's another column altogether. Look it all up at dispatch.com. With uh, hey, but all the, the Browns have their there. own uh, sportsbook uh, partner now. So look at that. Well, as as we mentioned, twelfth um, place upcoming. Um, DC is here uh, in the new Crew Stadium Saturday at seven thirty. Um, they just fired a coach. Th- there you go. Um, 
What, what do you mean by that? Or what are you trying to infer here? They played very well last week, and I think this is a team who will maybe come in with a little uh, a little life to them. I, I guess we should we should talk we should talk about that. Is how long is Caleb Porter's leash? Oh, it's that's a tough question for me to answer. Uh, but I mean, Does he they got to win. They got to win this yeah. game. I, I don't say that he's going to be fired if they lose, but it just. More, the more losses, we'll, we'll just state the, the more losses, the more that's going to be a question looming over this club. Do you think he'll make it to the when they bring in the transfer? It all depends how they do here. I, I've always said in that, the perspective yeah. too that like, look, we don't get to see everything, or, or, or we don't know everything that is happening in training behind the scenes, stuff like this, little maybe nagging injuries or or chemistry problems, what have you. Um, there's a lot more info yeah. that the front office is digesting when making this type of decision than, than we are just looking at kind of results and how they play. I, I'm going to say I, I don't know because I don't know how the mechanism works. And and the reason I say that is... is uh, the other thing is, who do you bring in? That's, again, that's and that's that's yeah. always the thing that, that uh, a lot of people forget is like, you, you know, you fr- get frustrated with the coach, get him out of here. And it's like, well, okay. Who's <laughs> next? What's the alternative? For, for example, DC United, the guy who's their interim, has been an assistant for a long time there. And it's um, and, and Ezra Hendrickson and Ben Cross, who was exactly. uh, brought on in 2019 and was with the academy, both those guys are gone. Now. Right. So, uh, again, Caleb has all his guys here, and it's, 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 uh, it's it's on him. There's no groom's successor, uh, and and that brings me back to you know the thing that that I've always wondered about and and uh, why I don't understand the mechanism uh, of, of of this front office, and that is that if if you recall uh, when the team was saved just prior to the whatever it was January sixth, January 9th, twenty nineteen introduction of the new coach and general manager, well as those hirings went down. Uh, in December, uh, Porter was hired first, and presumably by ownership, uh, before the general manager was hired. Um, it's usually and, the other way around. And when you have a situation like that, um, when the GM didn't hire his own coach, uh, you, you always have to wonder who has the power. Um, and you, you have to wonder how ownership views that power structure. Um, you know, is Caleb their guy? Is Bez their guy? Do they just say work, work it out together? Um, does Bez Bachenko, uh, given the fact that he is the president and general manager tired, titles, yeah. does, does he actually have have the uh, 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 the juice to, to make a move on a coach if he feels it's appropriate? Um, not saying it's appropriate right now. I just wonder. Uh, I just wonder how that string is pulled. And honestly, I don't know. Uh, obviously, there are a lot. Who do you of, think calls the shots? I think I think Cleveland um, ultimately does. Personally, that's that's the way it looks to me. Jacob, how does it look to you? They hired the coach, right? So I think you mm-hmm. look at that. Well, so we'll see. Um, we can say this: that there's uh, this was a season where uh, once again there was a lot of promise to it, and it was touted by uh, by the team itself. Three games in, look great. Yeah, yeah, and and this was a season where it was imperative for them. We we'll circle back to our preseason stuff. Imperative for them to at at least have a home playoff game, which meant uh, competing at the, near the top of. Uh, as the soccer people say, the latter. Do you think the championship that Porter won here, how long has that expired? Like, has, like, you know, you can't fire him, like, after, just after you won. But Again, I mean, how, it's a how, year did, how do they view the Campione's I'm, Cup? I'm, is, it, is it, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, like to me, it was like, uh, I, 
you're, you're obviously referencing the MLS Cup yeah. title in 2020. Um, yes, that buys him some time. Has he used up? Um, has he used up the interest that that uh, or the balance that that was deposited in his uh, in a, in the coaching bank in December of 2020? Uh, that's another c- good question. I don't know, and it, and I don't even know how that family feud Campione's Cup figures into it. You know, <laughs> that made for television championship trophy. I got nothing to add. I, right. I think he said it there. Yeah. So DC at home on Saturday, uh, at New England on the seventh. The uh, New England struggling. Um, probably because of their uh, extracurricular matches. Uh, they got in, injuries as well. Uh, and then at New York City FC, you're defending champions uh, on the 14th and then um, home against LAFC on the 21st, which is uh, on our sleeves day. Um, and that was a uh, charity campaign that was uh, fronted by Jossie Sard as uh, still a, wor- a worthy a worthy thing. Uh, that maybe they should push that to... Uh, but is Colorado in town this year? Uh, they go to Colorado. Yeah, okay. Anyway, uh, best there, believe there that is, was the first thing I looked up. So <laughs> th- this is a big one. Uh, a DC, uh, an yeah. old rival here, yep. Kyle. Old traditional rival at home here Saturday um, uh, in a game where the crew might want to score first. Um, how, about, how about they work on just scoring? Well, the first one would be, I mean, that would take a lot of pressure off just getting one early like they concede. Sure They've would. been conceding early. Uh, um, but that's it. You guys have anything else to add? No, I think we covered it all. Oh, I don't think we covered it all, but hey, good luck to Seattle, right? Next week. You want to say that to crew fans who somehow have <laughs> some hatred of their fan base? That's at least be, some yeah. that's some good, group. That's going to be a tough road for them. Yeah, but can you believe that penalty in the was it 99th minute? Yeah, soft penalty. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't see that. I was watching the second half, but I missed the. I thought the first yeah. penalty Pumas got was soft, and then I thought the one at the end that Seattle got yeah. was soft. But yeah, they came back from 2-0 down and, and tied it 2-2. Oh, they did. So yeah. they're, they're going home with yeah. Marshawn Lynch leading the cavalry. <laughs> the v- yeah. I did see the VAR where they they uh, they they did a reshoot on the on the kick. Yeah, uh, when, right. When the Seattle yeah. goalie came off the line, which you know, I like hardcore re- Concacaf in yeah. real time. I mean, yeah. I mean that's something that Kyle's favorite goalie in the world uh, almost <laughs> never does. You know, it doesn't look like it. Anyway, that's it. We're we're getting uh, windy right, at yeah. this point. For Patrick Flaherty, the Podfather, our producer, and for Jacob Myers, our fine crew beat writer, check out all the stuff at Dispatch.com. Kyle Robertson too. Any number of, of terrific photo galleries. I'm Mike A. Race. I'm, I'm just a helper. Thanks for joining us and uh, Patrick kick us out of here just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.